Good morning. It's great to see you on this wet weekend. How many of you are ready for some sunshine? Yeah. Well, by the end of this service, you're going to feel like the sun is shining in here. It's a phenomenal service at the end, so uh, we want you to be part of that. I want to welcome Mobile and Foley campuses. Thanks for being part of our weekend experience. Listen, I want to get right into this. I'm in the second part of a series called Hope Changes Everything. And we're talking about understanding a fresh perspective of hope, understanding and grasping that hope uh, is, is to recognize where it comes from. And, of course, it comes from this treasure we have in Jesus Christ. Our hope is not in the world. If it's the hope is in the world, our hope is in hope. But when we put our hope in the resurrection power of God, uh, then we can go from being in a state of hopelessness to being full of hope. And we do that through Jesus Christ. Last weekend, if you missed that, you can go back and listen to it. I talked about the path, the path that we should be on, and that there are basically two cancers of the soul that keep us from that path. And, uh, you know, it, it, staying on that path takes uh, dedication, commitment, and purpose to find uh, that place that you're to, to live and your purpose and your destiny in life. So, Here's, how many of you know God knows everything? Okay, that's another sermon that needs to come out. Uh, <laughs> some of you don't know that God knows everything, okay? But, but here's what God knew. When he created us, he knew that we do life better together. He, and so he birthed the church. Uh, the church, not the buildings. We thank God for the wonderful buildings that he has uh, provided for us. They're fantastic, but they're tools. The church is not a place, but it's a people. It's a family. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, now you are the body of Christ and members individually. You, point to yourself, say you. I know some guys hate that when you do stuff like that, but you. Okay, so putting our hope in Jesus makes us part of the body of Christ, makes us the church. So what I'm going to do in this message, I want us to look at our purpose as the church. I want us to look at the purpose of our church. And I believe that God in heaven is thinking, I really want my church to know her purpose and to fulfill her mission. So let me, let me give you our mission. Here, here's our first mission, is let the world know about the hope of God. To let the world know about the hope of God. If you go to England and you tour certain cities, you'll see old church buildings that could be 100 years old and even older. A lot of those buildings that were built that long ago were built around the city square right in the heart of a town. Some were on the corner, some were right in the center. And then government buildings began to be built beside them or in front of them. And, and you know, if, if you do take a tour and you were to go in uh, one particular building that's built out of stone, you, you would see on the walls on the outside of the church that they took brass rods and they worked the brass rods into the stonework of the building. So when touring this building, the guide is going to explain to you that the brass rods represent to the city the standard. Literally, people in the towns or in the cities, if, if, if they needed to measure something, they would go to the church. If they needed to, they were going to buy cloth or rope. They, they would go there and they would go to the outside of the building and you could measure by the standard. Today, spiritually, the church is to be the standard for our cities, for our towns, for our communities. In other words, God has called us, you, the church, to be a standard of hope. 
And, and, and you see today, for the most part, church buildings are not built in the center of the town or right on the square or on the corners. You know, they're, they're, they've moved out. They're, they're not physically in the center of towns and cities anymore, but God has called you, the church, we're the church, not the building, the people, to have a center of influence in the cities that we live and we work in, to have an influence uh, in, in, in what's going on in our community. And, and today, of course, the buildings aren't built there. The government buildings aren't built beside the church. So, so God has called us to do this. So the church is the hope of our cities. Let me show you the standard that God has set forth in his word. Here's the standard. It's in Matthew 5, verse 14. Jesus said, you're a light of the world. You're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but put it on a lampstand, and it gives light to all those who are in the house. So let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. We're the church, and we want to be part of every single community that God has called us to today and in the future. We want to be a light. We want to be a standard. And, and, and this, this is how it's, when this happens, this is when a community, this is when people begin to become fully alive in the hope of Christ. Because then we have a standard, and that standard, we, you know, we apply it to our business. We, we apply it to our marriage. We apply it to our, 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 our parenting skills, to our, our finances and managing finances. And so we hold this standard that we, as the church, we should be alike to show that to our community. Listen to the same text in the Message Bible. I, I love the way it reads. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out God colors in the world. God's not a secret to be kept. We're going public. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. Be, by opening up to others, you'll, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. So in other words, we exist to be a city on a hill. What does that look like? That looks like a beacon of hope to the world. A beacon is something that, that you can see when everything is cloudy or foggy. A beacon is something that stands out in the dark. It pierces the dark so that you can find yourself living in dark and you can find yourself back to light to live in hope. Hope is that beacon. Hope lives when you thought everything else would fall apart. A beacon is something that leads you to safety out of, out of rough conditions. And so that beacon, that light, that standard is something that people, when their lives are in a, in, in a dangerous, rough condition, they need that beacon to find safety, to find purpose of their creator. And that's living. We're the light that shines through the darkness to reveal the color of God. Our hope is to lead people from, from, from where they are into vibrant colors of God's purpose, to be truly alive in Christ. Two weeks from now, we celebrate our 17th anniversary as a church. In the beginning, our logo was a lighthouse. You, you can see that old school logo, right? Uh, that, that was our logo. Of course, that's what typically comes to mind when you say beacon. Our vision then was about hurting broken and hopelessness in people. Hurting people, broken people, people without hope. I, I, I said it so many times that, that we, we, we were like a spiritual hospital spittle for people. And, and so we, we're, we're in this place of receiving people. And then three or four years later, we build our first building in, in, in Malvis. And we move into that building. And then we realize, hey, God's wanting us to widen our call and our purpose. So we became a church for all people. 
We, we're all about connecting, renewing, and growing all people in Christ. And, and so many people have asked me over the years, well, what does the logo mean? And we've affectionately called it the Bay Man. The Bay Man represents all people. Wherever you are, whatever you do, you know, whatever color, wherever, that, that's what it represents. So here's what I've learned, okay, in fulfilling this first mission. I've learned that if there's one message everyone wants to be part of, it's hope. It's not a song, it's not a sermon, it's not a denomination, it's hope. Without hope, we, we can't live life to the fullest. And hope in this world and the hope in the things of the world is not living it to the full. I'm going to show you that. Let, let, let me start with this, though. Let me show you our second mission. It's to reach out to our world until they know God loves them. To reach out to the world until God loves them, that they know God loves them. When we hold up a standard, when we hold up a light, we're not doing this to judge and criticize and condemn the world. Now, we've done that in the past, but that's not the purpose of the standard. We're not here to make people feel bad about themselves because there are decisions that are already doing that for them. The church is here to share the love of God. And when we do it, we're sharing God's heart with others. And when we do that, that's our level of success is to love people. It's to love people. That, that, that's the heart of God, is to love people. And that's why we're here on the earth. That, that shows our level of success. Most people are not connected to church because they don't know really that God loves them. They see a religious institution. They, they don't see and know and fully understand that God loves them and how much God cares for them. Did, did you know that in the Bible Belt, which we live in, most of us, that 82% that of our cities are unchurched? And, and, and listen, the definition of unchurched in this survey was defined as they, they don't go to church more than once a month or they have no church affiliation. 82% of the people in the Bible Belt are unchurched. And 27% of the people in the cities in the Bible Belt are either atheists or agnostic. So here, here's what that tells me. That, that tells me there are people who don't know they have a loving father who's full of love and full of grace and they don't know their purpose and they're trying to find different ways to meet their needs that they have as natural human beings. They have needs. The good news is God loves them and he has a plan for them and he can meet all of their needs and we need to be that light bearer and that standard that we go out with to share with people. Now, here's how, th this is the bottom line. You've heard this verse before and, 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 and it's John 10, 10. So, so listen to it. The, th this is the bottom line. L let me show you how God set this uh, or how, how this unfolds for us as we live life. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that you may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. There are two paths. The thief has a path. The good shepherd has a path. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. What's he trying to destroy? All the things out of our lives to keep us in, in a place of hope but keep us hopeless. He's after our relationship with God. The good shepherd comes and he says, listen, follow my path. And, 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 and what I have is I have life. And the word have there in the text means to have perpetually, to hold on to. So I have life that I want you to hold on to it perpetually. And, I, and this life, the word he uses there is the word zoe, and it is the force of life and the goodness of life. So here's what Jesus said. I've, I came that you may have life, zoe, and have it to the full. And that word full means to the abundant or more than you contain, over the top, incredible. So here's what we have. We have this dichotomy of Jesus that he says, listen, you come, I, I have life, and I have it to the full, over the top. Uh, you can't contain it all. And then on the other hand, the thief comes, and he comes to steal, kill, and destroy that life. He doesn't want you to live that life. So we have a choice. There, there are two paths we can choose. We're all created by God to have human needs, and we have two paths to meet those needs to the full. 
abundantly over and above what we can contain you can you can go the wrong path and meet the basics maybe and 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 understand that you don't know what you're missing until you get on the path where there's full where it's over the top where it's more than you contain and and so the enemy comes in and he convinces us to fulfill needs with something that won't work it won't take you to that top it won't take you to the full it 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 won't take you to a place that's that that you can't contain life And, and and that's that's not living but so we follow, if we follow God, he allows us to fulfill those, he, he fulfills those needs in us and we live life to the full. When we do that, that is living. So we take hope from Jesus and he starts flowing out of us in our lives and that's living. So l- let me show you where I am, okay? I'm going to tie it together and make sense of it. Here's our mission. Let the world know about the hope of God. Secondly, reach out to people until they know God loves them. Here's our third mission. Go raise an army. Go raise an army. So, so watch. There's a scripture, Matthew eleven twelve. It reads like this. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Now, that scripture has been misunderstood and misused and whatever. But here's what Jesus is doing. He's using John the Baptist and the kingdom of God to describe a posture of aggression. We're the church. We have a standard. We have the scripture. We, we have a light. We, we should stand up, and we should be aggressively building the kingdom of God, seeing more people come to Christ. That verse doesn't mean that we get angry or judgmental or defensive. No, that verse means that we have a posture of positive activity, not a negative posture of sitting back on our heels and doing nothing. We are an aggressive church in moving forward, and we move forward in hope And our weapon, our greatest weapon is love. That's our greatest weapon. So listen to what Paul wrote in Ephesians 4. Jesus gave this to him. He writes it down, 4.11. And he himself, Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Here's what he's talking about. He's talking about the structure of the church. You're the church, but there's a structure to it. There's an order to it. I mean, why, why do we meet on a weekend? Why do we worship? Why do we teach? Why do we have serve days? Why, why do we have mission projects? Why do we want you to give to feed uh, uh, hundreds of kids in Haiti that you may never meet or see? Why, why, why do we want to do that? Why do we fight the hunger? Why do we have small groups? Why do we have prison ministries? Why do we have equipping classes to help you in grief or help you with things in your life? Why do we do that? Because, listen, Jesus comes to the earth, and then he gave some positions in the church, and these positions that Paul just wrote about are to train you up. You're the church. It's to train you up. Those leadership roles that Jesus appoints, their purpose is to prepare God's people. So the role in leadership in church is to prepare people for works of ministry. Oh, there's ministry to do. Oh, there's plenty of ministry to do. And, 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 and years ago, the roles in the church got flipped upside down. In other words, the role of the pastor was to do the work of ministry. And, 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 but see, the role of the pastor is to equip the people to do the work of ministry. I mean, if you took our pastoral staff to do the entire ministry, it would be impossible. But if you take our entire church family and put them all together, then you have an army. 
So we have works of service and servolution and projects and, and we prepare and train and we set them up and we organize them, we get them there and then you guys go out and you do this and you serve people and you love people and, and, and that's what God's called us to do, to equip and prepare you and so we're ready to go out of the doors and do ministry. That's why when I say this, it should make more sense. You are the hope of our community. You are the hope of our cities. You, the church. When we do this, watch, the kingdom of God grows. It advances. Because, here's why, because the church becomes a fob. What's a fob? Well, let me answer it this way. Watch. How many of you, uh, have, how many of you have served in, in the armed forces in our country? Hold your hand up. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. I, I did not. I don't know anything about military terms. But thanks to Google... I found out what a FOB is. It means forward operating base. Here's the definition. A temporary facility located in the neighborhood of the enemy that provides a place of refuge and equipping for soldiers. Bay, we are an operating, we're a forward operating base. And our job is to go and plant churches as close as we can to the enemy's neighborhood. Plant them right there so that the soldiers, that's you, can come in and get trained and equipped, healed, refreshed, renewed, and then go out into the community. Go back to work. Go, go back to the neighborhood. And then you come back in the next weekend, you get refueled and recharged, and you go back out again. That's exactly what the church is called to be. But listen to the, listen to the explanation of the Army's War College. Listen to what the Army's War College said. It said, forward operating bases have become places where many of the stresses, frustrations, and discomforts commonly thought to be epidemic in the combat soldier's life are mitigated. In FOBs, soldiers can renew their fighting spirit and also find a psychological escape from the rigors of battle. In addition to being a base for launching tactical operations, FOBs have become a refuge a place of renewal for physical needs and rest pits for the mental stresses of battle and finally, a means for soldiers to stay connected to the world. We are a forward operating base of heaven and God has come from heaven and said, I want my church here and here and there and over there and across the pond and over there and in this country and that, that's where I want my church. Why? Because the enemy is there. And if there's an enemy there, we want to set up a base and we want to reach people and we want them to come into a base. We want to set up a church where believers can go and believers can go out into those territories and reach people and love them until they, until they know God loves them. And, and, and let me say this, and this is no new news to you. Our world today is opposed to the influence of the church. And I think I understand why. I really do, because that, that scripture I read a few minutes ago, I think it's been inverted, and I think it's been twisted. But, and, and I think the effects of that is we've lost some influence uh, the church has, and, and the world's opposed to it. I mean, down to prayer in public places, to, to the words that are in the Pledge of Allegiance, to abortion rights, gay rights, and, and even the rights of the porn industry. Everything that's going, in our world, going on in our world is at war with the church. But our purpose is to respond to that by being an army with a standard of hope that shows the love of God to a frustrated, angry world. That's the way we're supposed to do it. And listen, people are not your enemy. In fact, the enemy is at war with God. 
big God, little bitty enemy. Come on, do that with me. Big God, little bitty enemy. That, that, see, we, we have it inverted, and that's not true. See, we have to choose to be the standard of hope to our world by choosing to love every single person God puts in our path. And, and I'm telling you, he'll put some weird ones there. I mean, just look around. No, just kidding. 17 years ago, Bay Community Church chose to, make us, to take a stand with hope and to serve with the love of God. And listen to me. Listen to me. In the beginning of our church, I, can t- I could tell you of words and quotes from pastors, from city officials, from people involved in authority in different places in our community that, uh, that said things to us that were detrimental and negative, and, and they hurt us, and, and things about us. They, they, they didn't understand who we were. We didn't understand who we were. We were trying to develop and become who God's called us to be. But here's the thing. You heard me say last weekend, there are times where it's like, I want to quit, I want to give up, but that small, still voice inside of me, what's that small, still voice saying to me? It's saying, no, I've called you to do this. I've called you to set a standard of hope and I want you to love people in fact here's what God told me in in 1997 here's what he said he said I want you to start a church and I want you to love those that nobody's loving and when you love those that nobody's loving I'm going to give you the people to love more and love more and love more and love more because I want my love spread all over this world The purpose of our church is to lead people to become fully alive in the true hope of Jesus Christ. That's why we're an aggressive church. That's why we want to advance the kingdom. That's why when we find people, when we find a people group that's hurting, we go after them. We reach them with a message of hope. And by the way, we're a healthy church, and when, health, when, when you're healthy, things grow, so we must grow. And when I talk about growth, I'm not talking about how big our church is or our numbers. If you know me, I I don't get hung up in all of that. But but here's here's the way I see it. If you look around the room you're sitting in, in Foley and in Mobile and at Malvis, if you look around the room you're sitting in, there's probably some empty seats. Look, Look around. Go ahead. Just turn. You'll see an empty seat. That empty seat represents somebody that maybe hasn't met God yet or they're not living with hope. Maybe they're hopeless, they're hurting, they're in pain, and they need to come. And we need to be more aggressive about getting them here so they can feel and experience the love of God. We must grow. Every single campus must grow. It's about the kingdom of God, reaching more people. And listen, we're going to grow not only in our campuses, but we're going to expand our campuses. And, and, and listen, I've had people ask me, why, why do we have multi-site campuses? I had one guy tell me in the very beginning, you know, that's the most expensive way to do it. Go build one big church on the corner and let everybody drive from everywhere. And no, no, no. The, the, the elders and I, we went through a time of prayer and fasting. Said, God, what are, what are we supposed to do? Who, who are we? What are we doing? And that wasn't it. Our DNA is to be a multi-site campus. Here's why. Because we're to have forward operating bases in every city and every town God calls us to. So we're going to keep adding campuses, as many as God wants us to open. We have five, but, but we're going to plant more. We're even going to adopt some. And, and, and God's, when he makes the opportunities available. So we have five fobs right now. But what if in the next 10 years we had 50 fobs operating in our country or across the world? That's what God has called this army to do. We are the hope for our community, for our city. And I'm not saying that in an arrogant way. I'm not saying we're the only hope because there are great churches that are doing great things in our community. Here's what I am saying. God has given us an assignment. So when I say our church is the hope for our city, 
I'm talking about our specific assignment in specific cities that God has given us a doorway to. So part of building the kingdom, we have a part of that. It, it, it's who we are. It's our part, and, and, and it's, a, it's what we're about. Our church is going to stand with a standard of hope in every city God shows us to, to be in, and in that standard of hope, we're going to love people, and we want to get people on the right path to find life in God. So let, let me sum it up by saying this. The hope of our world is the love of God in and through the local church. And we're the local church. The hope of our world is in the love of God in and through the local church. It, it, let, let me show you how FOB operates. Because we have people sitting in, in all, of the, all, all of the campuses right now. And you're wearing a turquoise shirt. I want you to stand up. Foley, Mobile, go ahead, stand up. Malvis, stand up. If you have that shirt on, I want you to stand up. You understand what that shirt represents. That shirt represents that you have accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. And you're on the path to living life to the full. And what you're doing as you've been part of this FOB, this forward operating base, you find out that the commander-in-chief says, hey, listen, I want you to be water baptized. Water baptized doesn't mean that that gives you entrance into the FOB. Water baptism means this. It means it's a sign to the community that what took place on the inside is a demonstration of, hey, I'm a new creation in Christ. I love God. I love people. And so you come in here and you do what he says and you go out there and you represent the love of God in our community. That's what we're doing. That's why we're having a tremendous amount of people. They've accepted God and they're coming in and in this fob, if the fob wasn't here, they wouldn't know to do that or they wouldn't have a place to do that. That's why we're operating. So those who are standing in every campus, I am so proud of you. What you're doing is incredible. It is awesome. Give them a hand. I want you to come to the front. Come on down to the front. All of you standing. All of you standing. Come on down. Come on down, if you have that shirt on, come on down. 